0: Wednesday, February 21st. I remember a time in my life where March was fun. You know, the groundhog poked his head out of the ground, and he said, Cincinnati and the tournament's right around the corner. And I said, hooray. You know what we get nowadays? We get seasons ended by February 21st consistently. It's year three of West Miller, and Cincinnati just lost to Oklahoma State, the net 111th team in the country at Fifth Third Arena. The Bearcats are 2-5. and five. At 5th-3rd arena. They dropped to 5-8 and eight in the Big 12 Conference. And most notably, that's it, Houdini. That was a must-win game. You lost it. Losses to West Virginia and Oklahoma State at home on your resume. It's over. Bearcats got to win the Big 12 tournament or they're done.
1: Well, I mean, technically, we got, you know, TCU and Houston on the they're road. They're not beating Houston games. on the road. They can't even freaking beat Oklahoma no, State.
0: This team is not they're, a serious can't. basketball team. They're not we, a serious basketball we, team. They can hang around. They're not good. It's it's fair enough to say they're not good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the, they're average. They're, they're looking very NIT-ish, to say the least. It's... We needed these two games. It was UCF, which you thought was going to be the more difficult one. But I guess home court advantage to this team means absolutely nothing. We look awful at home. I, I don't understand they came out same thing. Like I don't know if it's a hangover from the Saturday games or what, but they look dead coming out unacceptable, man. You can't lose this game. It's the worst team in the Big 12. We lost to them and West Virginia. Come on.
0: Dan Skillings turned it over four times. Seamus Lukosius turned it over four times. That led the way for Cincinnati. Lukosius added in 17 points. Dan Skillings, meanwhile, went 3 of 10, 1 of 3 from 3. In our last show, we finally proclaimed that Dan Skillings is the Bearcats' best player, and he comes out and plays like he did today. Not good basketball. You know who we said earlier in the year was Cincinnati's best player? Maybe not best this second, but most talented player in the biggest ceiling. It's Jizzle James. What did he do? He was 5-7, of had 11 points, put Cincinnati ahead 54-50 when he sparked an 8-0 run by himself. Three buckets and an assist to Aziz who flushed it home. And what does Wes Miller do? Mr. Genius! You know, one of the most successful coaches under 40. And I get it. Wes is our guy. I'm not giving up on him. I yell because I care. I'm pissed off. He took Jizzle out. And what happened from there? Oklahoma State took control again. I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not a rocket scientist. Hell, I'm not a lot of things. One thing that I am is a believer in Jizzle James. What are we doing, man? What are we doing taking our best players out of the game?
1: I really don't understand. He's been doing it all year, though. He he did it. BYU Jizzle James single-handedly when we first figured out, hey, we might have something on our hands here. He single-handedly took the lead against that BYU team, and then he proceeded to sit him for the rest of the game. No idea why. But now we've seen enough that that's not a fluke. Jizzle James, when he's on, man, he's he could be our best player. He gets great mid-range jumpers. He attacks the rim. He's calm with the ball. Why are we taking him out of the basketball game? I I, I don't understand it. I, I think um, Kirby was saying he played six minutes in the second half, man. He was five of seven from the field with 11 points. And he plays six minutes in the second half. I mean, that, that's your game right there. It's not rock, Like you said, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, Chuck. You could be a random idiot sitting on his couch and figure that one out.
0: Bearcats in football and basketball have yet to have a two-game winning streak. They've yet to win two straight games. Every other team in the Big 12's done it. Probably in, in both sports. Maybe not Oklahoma State, actually. Oklahoma State actually hadn't won a game on the road this season. Forget Big 12. They hadn't won a road game this season. This was a 10-point spread. If you bet on the Bearcats today, minus 10, congratulations. You're a doofus. You're an absolute doofus. Bearcats haven't ran away from anyone this season. You knew the nitroglycerin pills were coming out again. It was going to go down to the stretch. It did. Cincinnati hit some big shots late, a lucocious three to, to bring it down to three points, but too little, too late. And Cincinnati's not going to make the tournament. I know you can say, oh, but we got Houston. We got TC. It's over. It's over, everyone. It's February 21st, and the Cats are done. And I hope you clip this up when the Bearcats rattle off seven in a row and are the darlings of the NCAA tournament. I'll say it again. It's over, folks.
1: Somebody asked me that today at work. They're like, you see minus 10. I'm like, it's so dumb that it's smart. I'm like, you have to hammer that. So, sorry to you, brother. I lost him some serious money. Um, But... Right. We finally, I think, dug our grave. I think Joe Lenardi finally, finally wins this battle. Unless we go on a miracle run, which we apparently like to play on the road, man. I, I don't know what's going on, what Wes is doing with the guys pregame or what, but they, it looks abysmal, man. And no Victor Locken again. I mean, hell, this could have been a game maybe we could have used him at this point. But uh, I don't know. What were your thoughts on... 'Cause I don't think offensively, what do we what do we finish with? Seventy six, right? That's not terrible. Our defense, no. OK State was hitting shots, but our defense looked like they were all over the place. Getting backdoor cuts, um, really bad closeouts at the three point line, jumping for balls they shouldn't be jumping for. The Aziz foul was huge on that three. I thought defensively we shit the bed, really. It's kind of the first yeah. this year.
0: No, offense was fine. Fifty percent from the floor, Bearcats yeah. shot it. Uh, three pointers, never good. Five of 17 for 29%. They out rebound Oklahoma State 32 to 26. They turned it over 14 times. Oklahoma State turned it over 13. So, in that regard, pretty even. The difference is, yeah, Oklahoma State shot at 55% from the floor. Everything was easy for them. I know it's year one. I know it's year three of Wes Miller, and he inherited a really tough situation. But two and five at home, I don't care what conference you're in. This is a proud program. The day that we start accepting this shit, the day that we start accepting losing the four and eight teams at home and losing to pretty much everyone we play at home and losing rivalry games every single season and letting Dayton come into Cincinnati and have more fans at at the Heritage shit bank arena and all that stuff that has gone on this season, the day that it comes to that point and people are fine with it, is the day that I can't do it anymore. So you better not be fine with it right now, Houdini. I mean, I don't want to say Wes Miller's on the hot seat. There's still a lot of season left for him to turn this thing around and have some faith heading into next year. But this isn't a talent issue. This team has talent. For anyone saying, oh, but Tyler Betsy's coming in and we got McKinley, they're freshmen. This, this is the team right here. We got talent. It's, it's a nice mix of youth of grad transfers, of guys that have been on the program for multiple years. They run 10 deep. Talent is not the issue. What is the damn issue? Yeah, the rant's done, man. I am i don't even feel the need to rant about this team anymore. They don't deserve my voice.
1: Chuck, beautifully, beautifully put. Yeah, just start coming into the postgame shows completely blind. Just don't watch it and just go off my reaction and then run with it from there. If you're really going to just put down the Bearcats for the rest of the year. I need the Bearcats in the dance, so I'm just going to keep praying and hoping that they figure this thing out, but you're right. It's unacceptable, um, especially in the, you know, we're not expecting West to go into a Houston or, uh, you know, a Texas Tech, on the road, Oklahoma. When you're in your own house, you got to protect the floor, man. That's like day one stuff, and we are lifeless in this arena, man. I can't figure it out. It's I would love to see statistically, because you know the spreads like we had today, Vegas still hasn't figured out that we can't play at home. They're still favoring us in every damn game, and we lose every time. It's uh, it's dumbfounding. I don't know. I'm sure Wes is going to have his, you know, like I said, the guy could be a state senator. He's going to be at the presser right now probably. Like, I freaking hate to lose, man. Every one of those kids in there—they freaking hate to lose—and I don't know what to say about it. We got to figure something. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna fire everybody up like he always does. But at some point, you got to turn these these, uh, you know, nice pressers into W's, because we got what five games left, I think, and uh, we're not gonna be favored in many of them, if any. I think maybe uh, Kansas State and West Virginia, maybe the only two games we'll be favored in. So it could get ugly down the stretch. Um, So we got to right the ship. Figure something out, and I think we need, uh, to your point, some grad transfers, maybe a more sure-handed point guard, even though Jizzle James could probably take the the reins next year completely. It's pretty simple. Um, but we turn it's the pretty, ball it's pretty simple.
0: I mean, yes, we would love a sure-handed point guard, but Jizzle James is your point guard. I've been saying it all year. This show has been the biggest pro Jizzle James podcast from day one. And consistently, he's not in the game when it matters, late.
1: I mean, Wes Wes sticks with his guys. He likes to stick with the older guys, clearly. Um, but I mean, we it, it is still a young roster, so like the the future is still bright. If Skilling's could take it a is. leap, I've been saying it for. It is. I'm I'm very reactionary.
0: Games. I'm like a I'm yeah. You know, the old seesaw. The, the cats are gonna be fine. But I said that last year, so we gotta start winning some of these games. We man. got.
1: They're young, Chuck. We're still young, but you're right. We can't just accept mediocrity. Okay. We can't just accept. We're not that going young. Five We're conference. not
0: that young, though. That is the issue. Like this team has Odie Oguama, who is now like a, a fifth year. And granted, you say, well, Odie doesn't play that much. Guess what? In today's day and age, you could bring in grad transfers. That's a scholarship that he decided to use on someone that could have, you know, that, that scholarship could have gone to someone that helped you out a little bit more. He's old. Victor Locken's been in the program for four years. John Newman's been in college basketball for five years. CJ Frederick's been in basketball for five years. Aziz has been in basketball for four years. Jameel Reynolds has been in – he's been at three universities. Like, at a certain point, that's seven guys I just named that play significant minutes. This team's not freaking young. Like, let's not use that as an excuse. This team's just not good. They're electric, absolutely. They show flashes of being good. But when it comes down to it, you give up 55%. It may have even been worse. 55.6% 55.6% from the floor to Oklahoma State, who puts up 80 on you and drops you to two and five in your home gymnasium. Unacceptable, Houdini. I don't want you making excuses. I, We're going after Cunningham. No,
1: when I say young, when I, yeah, well, I saw Cunningham. He's, uh shook his hand, actually. I said, big fan of what you're doing here, John. Um, as far as the youngness, you're right. Technically, there's a ton of juniors on this roster, and they bounce around a ton. Have they played together? No, and that's just the, the reality of college basketball. You just show up to a new school apparently every year and start playing. Um, but our core guys are all coming back next year is my point, and Jizzle James and Dan Skillings being the main two guys that I'm referring to, those two guys being your best players and they're that young is a good sign. And that could change. Those guys could transfer. Some guy could drop a – Nate Oates could come with a bag over to, to jizzle James, and next thing you know, he's playing in Alabama. We don't know. But right now, those two guys, as like a core two moving on after this year, if we can't figure this thing out, at least you can see where we're heading, right? And at some point, you got to come to fruition on that. The silver lining, I guess, Chuck, is ESPN Plus righted their wrong. And they got Edron James, the real Edron James, on camera today. So at least made they a did note. that. Okay, I could sleep easy.
0: And they made a note. They said, that is the real Edron James. That's how you do it. They honestly should have put up the picture, had it pre-produced, and been like, here's what we did, an egregious mistake. We showed this guy as Edron James. That is not Edron James. They should have had it all planned out, an interview with the fake guy about you know, his talks with the in-laws after – being compared to an NFL Hall of Famer on a live broadcast to the thousands that were streaming that game, and they did not do that. They just showed Edger in a few times after Jizzle kept making buckets. They,
1: they should have just continued to act like he was Edger and James for the rest of the year. Had him do like a halftime interview uh, with Kelsey Conway asking about how it was playing with Peyton Manning, things like that, and just – took the the gag all throughout the season. Because what else do we have to play for at this point, Chuck?
0: Kelsey Conway's OOC only. I haven't seen her during the Big 12. Different broadcast.
1: You're right. Um, CJ
0: either. Frederick, who was such a talking point at the beginning of the season, given the Cats a sure-handed shooter. He is a sure-handed shooter. One of the best there is. And he would be crucial down the stretch with free throws, things like that. But when it comes to getting off volume, it's not happening. Takes one shot again in this game. It was a very rushed three-pointer that he missed. Um, had one assist. Aside from that, a goose egg across the box score again. We were begging, begging for a dead-eye shooter. And after we finally get our dead-eye shooter, I'm begging for a dead-eye shooter off the dribble. And that may be Jizzle James moving forward because that step back, he's 50% on that 18-foot step back. But when it comes to a three-point shooter, CMOS, MOS can hit him, you know, off the dribble. He, he can hit him um, off balance a little bit. Skillings occasionally. But aside from that, everyone's got to be set. Uh, Frederick especially. Josh Reed, he's got to be set whenever he's taking a shot. You know, he's not shooting anything off the dribble, creating his own shot. He did play well today, Josh Reed. Th- did uh, man. Reed played pretty good. He had six points in the game, three rebounds, and uh, plays really good defensively. But um, John Newman, another name that we haven't talked about in a minute. He had seven points in the game, four rebounds, a couple of blocks. I wish he would get a little more aggressive and take the ball to the bucket because at times when he does, he's able to get some good looks. But he vanishes offensively, and today I guess he wasn't good enough defensively either because that's what hurts the Bearcats in the end.
1: He was getting blown off the dribble a few different possessions. They, they were killing yeah. us off the dribble. Um, Inside they were killing us. Yeah, they, they just – uh offensively kind of took control of the game, which you don't typically see with us. Uh, but you're right. Uh Newman, it, it almost half the time you forgot he was out there. Usually even if he's not shooting well, he's kinda of all over the place. He had he still had, you know, he played solid. He had what, three of five, seven points. CMOS, you gotta give him credit. Seventeen points, seven of fourteen, um, efficiency. But where we were lacking was really that Dan Skillings, um three of ten. Granted, did have 10 boards, 9 points. Even when he plays bad, he still lights up a stat line. So, just a tough loss all around, man. Because there's not anybody you can really point at like, hey, that guy just sucked the entire game or anything like that or some egregious mistakes. Just an overall effort that wasn't quite good enough. And, hey, newsflash, you got to be good enough to beat Oklahoma State if you want to be a real team in the tournament. I mean, come on.
0: Serious basketball teams win this game. It's as simple as that, and Cincinnati has
1: proved we are so unserious.
0: over the last four years, five years really, that they're not a serious basketball team. They lose games like this at home when they're 10-point favorites. Equally as egregious, as, I can't get over it, is you and a few other people in the chat room saying this team is young. I didn't even mention CMOS. That makes eight. CMOS has years of experience in the Big East. This team is not young. This team should be ready to go. Will they be next year? Add in two players, three players, whatever it is. Maybe so. Wes is going to get another year at the very least just because of the way he's been recruiting, the way he's been retaining his players in this day and age, the way that he's packed the arena, brought the excitement back. I think the way that this year he's established an identity and you see that his teams play hard, they're physical, they're tough, they get rebounds. Typically they defend well, not today. I think that has a lot of fans excited for the future. But right now, in this current moment, someone's got to answer questions here. Someone has to answer questions on why this is happening because this is a proud program. Two nineties guys. We grew up to a lot of success. And then Mick brought it back, and it's been gone for a while now. This is a very mid-basketball team that, I hate to say it again, I'm going to say it, unserious. They're just serious. They're not
1: contenders. You know the sky's not falling. I'm not. I'm not ready to jump ship. I still think it I'm is Chicken right Little. It's it's regardless. it's falling.
0: It's it's over. It's over.
1: Sky's falling. Call the cops. Season's over. Oh my God! Fire! Sound the alarms, everybody. No, everybody relax. We still relax. Houdini, you're too damn blue. positive.
0: This is the big J in you. Free. You're too relax. damn positive. You're doing what Brendel's doing over at Bearcat General. Oh, everyone, hold the course. We're gonna be all right. We stink. They're not good, and I don't know why or because they have talent. talent. They have freaking three seven
1: footers. No. Oh, we, yeah. I mean, we can we can get into the seven footers if we want to. The um, Z's is a zero on offense. That's not what he expected. I don't know what the hell that that alley oop they had to him. I didn't think it was that high. He could have at least attempted to grab the ball. I don't know if you the Skilling's one is a random possession. Well, it was actually very critical. Yeah, I, I don't think the sky's falling. I think we're heading the right direction. First year of the Big Twelve. We've had some great games. We've had some very, very bad games. This being included. Um I still, yeah, I still got faith in my guy Wes. We need a go to guy. And it's hard to win games in this league if you don't have a go to guy, right? Every night it's a different person. When Skillings goes three of ten, I'd love if he was putting up fifteen points, fifteen to twenty every night. We're not seeing that. And we need one of those guys in this league. Jizzle James might be that guy next year. Um, should have should Jizzle, at a minimum, play more than six minutes in the second half? I'd like to hear an answer from Wes Miller on that. Because I think anybody who watches basketball for two seconds can say that kid should have been in the end of the game. But he want It's
0: idiotic, and it should be the first thing brought up in the press conference. Alex Frank, if you're listening to the show right now, and someone, if you know Alex Frank, text him. In the presser, ask Wes the hard-hitting question. This is what you do as our correspondent. Ask Wes Miller, first question, why the hell isn't James in the game down the stretch, coach?
2: I'm Alex Frank from Fifth Third Arena at the University of Cincinnati. Wes Miller mentioned the phrase getting over the hump several times. The big takeaway from his post-game press conference was that he said, once again, it's on him to get this team to understand the little things they need to do to figure out what this winning thing is all about, Bearcats still have not won consecutive games in the Big 12. Wes Miller, though, did have a lot of praise for his team, despite the outcome Wednesday night, saying he loves this group of players. And it's their character that speaks to the reason why it is such a joy for him to coach this team and why they are in every single game. As for the game itself, Wednesday night, Wes Miller said the Bearcats made a bunch of mental errors defensively, not closing out the right shooters. He did say his the activity defensively was tremendous at times. Victor Lockin, again, did not play here at 5th at Arena. Wes Miller said that he doesn't take that lightly, and it was not an easy decision to not play him. But right now, he said he's rolling with some other guys who have been more consistent over the last month. He said he thought Jizzle James was great in the second half. Chuck and Houdini, you guys were very, very high on his performance again tonight. He says that everyone can see him coming. He's close to getting over the hump defensively, and that's been the theme for this team this season. They are so close to getting over the hump, but there are only five games remaining in the regular season, the next of which is Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock at TCU in Fort Worth. The Bearcats have already beaten the Horned Frogs this season, 81-77. Back on January the 16th, that was an overtime win here at Fifth Third Arena. That was the fourth game of Big 12 play. This game on Saturday will be the 14th game. TCU coming off an 82-81 loss to Texas Tech Tuesday night. Texas Tech 23rd in the nation. So the Bearcats still aren't out of the tournament conversation yet, but it is getting late and the Bearcats need to start to string some wins together if they are going to reach the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019. From Fifth Third Arena, I'm Alex Frank of Chatterbox Sports. Chuck and Houdini, let's send things back. This team's fun to watch
0: until the last few minutes of the game when it's like a four-point game, you're down. The Bearcats consistently hit some big shots to keep it close. But in the back of your mind, you're like, we're going to lose this game. And it happened again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even your, your typical scenario. Um, where you're worried that we can't get a bucket. It was like, I don't think we could stop them, and we couldn't. They just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. Um, so it was a little bit different than we've typically seen, but still, nonetheless, it's a, it's an L. And, uh, yes, Alex Wallace, I do have a, a pass, a press pass, so I maybe I will ask Wes Miller myself. I've been trying to stay away because every game I go to, we lose. Apparently, it doesn't matter where I am. Maybe I need to leave the state or something.
0: You could do that. I mean, you did leave the state. You, you live in Covington. Technically, you are out of state. Um, Bearcats have not won back-to-back games since league play started. No way this team is closing it out. That comes from John White, 17. They better close it out. Give us some faith and not finish, you know, last place or second-to-last place in the Big 12. I will say this because someone else brought this up in the chat room earlier. Had Cincinnati not beaten BYU and Texas Tech on the road, and TCU in that overtime game, you know, had they lost all these games? This is kind of what we expected, right? Going into the year, I think most people thought that Cincinnati was going to be in that bottom quadrant of teams of the Big 12. But when you win those games and, and then the fans start packing up the arena and you're starting to sell out games and the hype is back and then you start losing to Oklahoma State. Like, how do you go on the road and beat Texas Tech but lose to Oklahoma State? in your home arena when you shoot at 50%. I don't know. That's what we need answers for. Um, still believe. I'll have faith in Wes until the day that he's fired, if he's fired. He may just end his career here and have a statue. But right now it's not looking great because we're in year three. I'll say it once more. It's February 21st, and the season is – we won't go, Skies falling. The season is probably over, but we're still going to watch. Maybe they win at TCU. Then they win at Houston. And they take care of business against West Virginia and Kansas State. And that gets us our nine. That would get us into the tournament. But if you can't beat Oklahoma State at home, how are you going to beat Houston in Houston? That's my final thought.
1: You're exactly right, man. I don't know how we can expect those wins. But, again, I don't know how you lose to Oklahoma State at home but beat Texas Tech on the road, Um, beat BYU on the road. No idea. This team doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, they, they're playing hard. They're fighting out there. Maybe we go on a little run, man. Screw it. Let's go on a little run. Let's, let's make the dance. But yeah, this is, let's not skip over. This is an atrocious loss, um, in general for West for the program. Can't have it. We started the year by not losing any of these bullshit games. We had so many opportunities to lose and we kept beating the teams we were supposed to. And now it seems like it's flipped completely and we're, we're losing these gimmies.
0: This is a program that just always won home games. It's what we expected. Conference USA and the American is not is not the big 12. But since was taken down Yukon, they were taken down Louisville. They were taken down, go back to the Big East. They'd beat the Pittsburghs and the Georgetowns and the Villanovas like cats would win those games. They're not winning them anymore at home. And it's tough. It's tough as an emotional fan base. When you pack your ass in a fifth third arena, You buy yourself seven cheese conies. All you want in life is a win over the Cowboys, and you can't even get it. That March music that's so beautiful to our ears, one of the only things in life that they're not changing, you know? They're changing the Monday Night Football song. They're changing the—actually, I don't think they've changed that. But everything's changing. Rappers on food, changing. Recipes, changing. Chipotle, it's not the same, man. That steak doesn't taste the same that it did in 2006. You know what— Sounds the same that it did in 2006, that beautiful March music. And, unfortunately, we're only going to be playing it if the Cats win some big-time games on the road. But the road is there. We'll still watch. We'll do these post-game shows, win or lose. Unfortunately, though, when Cincinnati does lose the game, we don't get any of these. And as much as I would love to play it nonstop, we're not going to be hearing that sound probably until the Bearcats make a run of the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. Instead, it's going to be this to round out the show once again. Houdini, final word for me and for the chat room is we call it a wrap. Bearcats lose
1: 80-76. Will you, will you remember me?
0: Don't let you...